Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Hope you had a great Easter. I know a lot of us had a white Easter. We're going to talk about weather with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson on the program today. When do we get to more spring-like weather for much of the country that uh, we just keep waiting on? Maybe we're getting closer. We will find out from Bryce in a bit. Also today, we're going to talk about an environmental issue in the state of Ohio, a type of issue we're hearing more about in other parts of the country, so it certainly is one to watch. Farmers in northwest Ohio could be facing enforceable limits on fertilizer use. That follows an announcement by the state's EPA that the waters of western Lake Erie are impaired, according to the Clean Water Act. We're going to talk with Joe Corneli with the Ohio Farm Bureau about what's going on in the state of Ohio on that issue. And also coming up today, we're going to talk with Steve Nicholson, Vice President for Robo Research for Food, Agribusiness, Grains, and Oil Seeds. We're going to get his reaction to last Thursday's numbers from USDA on stocks and also uh, intentions for acreage. So all that coming up on today's program. But first, we check in with our friend Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. Spencer, how are you? I'm doing good, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Always good to talk with you folks about what's coming up the week ahead. And I thought, well, maybe kind of a quieter week coming off of Easter, but then we have the tariffs announcement from uh, China, and uh, so that kind of kicks off another busy week. Right. Uh, It seems like there's no such thing as a quiet week in Washington anymore, but uh, certainly this is a subject that ag groups have been watching for a while, and it was that they initially really raised their concerns as soon as these uh, talk of trade action started was that these tariffs were going to happen and that agriculture was going to be was going to face kind of the brunt of the of the load here. So, you know, and we're going to talk with the National Pork Producers Council tomorrow get some official reaction, but uh, a lot of concern about where this could lead. Right. I mean, if this could just be the the potential for the beginning. I mean, if if these tariffs are going to be happening. Uh, from from China, which is a which is a major country. I mean, are there possible trickle down effects that could happen from other countries as well? Also, you got to consider that these uh, just because tariffs are set on one product doesn't mean tariffs couldn't be set on other products later. Uh, they could be set on uh, on other U.S. commodities that uh, that rely on China to be a to be a key export market, which quite frankly is quite a few of them. Uh, either directly or indirectly rely on China to uh, to purchase their products, and so. Uh, really potential for huge ramifications here on U.S. agriculture. Another story we're watching out in California, USDA publishing in the Federal Register a final decision to establish a federal milk marketing order that would cover the entire state, but it still has to be approved by producers, right? Right, and so that's something we're going to keep an eye on. Obviously, anyone that's been following the dairy industry, as I'm sure many of your listeners uh, either are producers or are following the industry themselves, know uh, times are a little bit tough in in the dairy community right now, and so uh, this is something that uh, we've been watching for uh, for for quite some time. Finally, saw the news come down here late last week, and so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Still, still some more details to come. As as you mentioned, the the producer referendum is is going to be something to watch. And we're also watching what's going to happen with the farm bill. Now we're going to talk with uh, Congressman Thompson, the vice chair of the House Ag Committee, tomorrow. Last week we talked with Ranking Member Peterson and Chairman Conaway. Chairman Conaway telling us as soon as they get that CBO score, they're, he's going to push ahead with the farm bill. Um, a lot of anxiousness about that of just how far it'll go once he does bring it out. Right, because quite frankly, the, the committee needs to try to do something. Uh, whether or not they're able to move a, a complete comprehensive farm bill remains to be seen. But keep in mind, the, the elephant in the room here is that the current law expires at the end of September. So whether or not they're able to produce a new farm bill here here yet this year kind of still remains to be seen whether or not they can work out some kind of grand bargain uh i i, I don't know what to, what to tell you uh, whether or not that can happen at this point but the congress does need to do something on a farm bill here before the end of september and so as they continue to work on that what they're going to have to do is come up with some kind of a coalition and it's going to be an uphill battle if they're going to try to convince house and quite frankly senate democrats for that matter as well that uh, that passing a farm bill this year is going to be advantageous for them when they are seeing the potential for increased seats here after the election. 
don't know if it'll happen this time, but we've seen this happen a lot. Whenever it sounds like there's no way they can get something done by a deadline, somehow it gets done. So we'll see if, if that's the case here. What else are you going to be working on this week ahead, Spencer? Well, obviously, we're, we continue to follow for any kind of developments that are coming on the renewable fuel standard. That's something to, to be keeping an eye on here uh, this week and in the coming weeks as well, really until we see any kind of a formal announcement. We're seeing some talk that the, the, there's rumors swirling around Washington that they might just kick this idea back to, back to Congress and see what happens there. Uh, we're also, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, continuing to follow developments on trade cases and seeing if there's any action taken against U.S. agricultural products as well as potential news that might be coming out of uh, out of NAFTA negotiations. That's always something to watch, especially considering uh, looming deadlines there with the United States needing to uh, needing to act on trade promotion authority, the Mexican elections coming up. So uh, really a key, a key moment here in time for, for U.S. trade talks. And another story that's kind of building here, as we've seen the, the parade of people go through this White House and this administration, growing pressure, it would seem, or at least scrutiny on EPA, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt and uh, former New Jersey Governor Christie coming out with some comments, not saying he's not sure how he can survive uh, some of this latest scrutiny about housing and things like that. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if uh, Scott Pruitt's uh, on that list of those who used to work for this administration. Right, and keep in mind, he was uh, once really thought of as a rising star in the Trump administration. There were there were rumors swirling around Washington, and I think they may have just been rumors, but rumors swirling around that he may have been in, in line to replace Jeff Sessions as the Attorney General had, the, had President Trump decided to make a move there. But now there's been a lot of reporting done here in the last week about the, the living situation that Secretary Pruitt was engaged in. Also, uh, some rumor or some confirmed reports that they had to, uh, at one point or another, his security detail had to break the door down because they thought he was impaired in some way. It turns out he was just sleeping. But <laughs> a lot of questions are rising about how, how Secretary, Pru excuse me, Administrator Pruitt was, uh, was, was living in Washington, that, that living situation, living with the living in, in, in a living quarters uh, owned by a lobbyist that has connections to the EPA is certainly raising a lot of questions now. He's already been a lightning rod. Well, in agriculture, many are kind of counting on him to uh, push through a new WOTUS rule. But on the other hand, those in the renewable fuels industry have not been happy with him. Right, and that's been, uh, it was kind of an interesting comparison right after he was named to uh, a few months after that, because when he was named as the administrator, they thought, okay, he's a good conservative lawyer, he's going to follow the letter of the law on the renewable fuel standard. And I had multiple people tell me that on the record, and then a few months after that, those same people said, wow, we did not read this guy correctly. And so uh, he, he did file lawsuits over the renewable fuel standard when he was Oklahoma Attorney General, uh, but... You know, it's, it's kind of you take the good with the bad. As you mentioned, a lot of the regulatory reform efforts that are happening in the administration, especially relating to agriculture, a lot of that is due to Scott Pruitt and, and the efforts that he was making to uh, to reel in some regulations at the, at the Environmental Protection Agency. So we'll keep an eye on that story. All right. As always, Spencer, thank you very much. Should be another interesting week ahead. Absolutely appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. Take care, Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. Well, coming up next, what about this weather? We're in April now and still waiting for some spring-like weather in many parts of the country. Other parts of the country hoping for some moisture of any kind. They really need it. We'll get a complete look at the weather forecast for the coming week and further into April. As we talk with Bryce Anderson with DTN next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. 
To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather. We always talk weather, right, all of us, and not just farmers wanting to get to the fields, many of them really getting anxious, but I've heard so many people say, we just want spring, we want to see sunshine, it's been so gloomy and gray, and and it's got, for many parts of the country, DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson, it's it's just been a long uh, March, and now into April, when we thought we were getting into spring, it's it, it's just not happening yet. And we look back at this past Easter weekend. I know on Friday I was hearing from folks in North Dakota. They were already getting snow and then watching Twitter over the weekend. Lots of places in the Midwest getting snow uh, for Easter. Uh, what can you tell us about this week ahead? Is it we're going to see any improvement? Mike, uh, it, it's going to be a tough week uh, all the way uh, through the, the, uh, the balance of this week. Just about everywhere uh, east of the Rockies in terms of the uh, the chilly pattern and uh, wet. Now I have to uh, I have to kind of qualify that because uh, over the southwestern plains, from say uh, the Nebraska Panhandle south all the way into the uh, Big Bend area of Texas, it's going to be warmer. But in that in that part of the country, it's going to be dry. Uh, so there's a, a real round of uh, extremes we've got going on. I think for uh, the Midwest and then through the northern. Uh, plains and into the southeastern plains it uh, is going to be quite cold and uh, anywhere from it'll be any anywhere from uh, wet to uh, snowy uh, from uh, south to north Uh, it's it's a pattern that frankly reminds me of some of the circumstances that we had to put up with here about seven years ago in 2011 that year, uh, there was a very slow start to field work. There were a lot of extensive uh, planting delays, and on the other hand, in the Southern Plains, that was the uh, that that was the real setting in of a harsh drought and uh, hot pattern in that part of the country. There's a lot of similarities uh, right now between now and what we saw back then. Yeah, I've kind of been wondering, are we going to kind of miss spring? Are we just going to go from this and right into summer? Or what do you see uh, longer term here as we get past mid-April? Well, I, I certainly uh, could uh, could see that going on because we're going to get a, a seasonal 
improvement in uh, the overall conditions as we go through the month of April. But the, the drivers for the, um, the uh, trends that we've got are not really showing a whole lot of uh, improvement, uh, certainly over the next couple of weeks, or a whole lot of change, I should say. Uh, there's a, a large area of upper-level high pressure over the uh, polar regions of the world around the Arctic Ocean and the Arctic Circle, and uh, that, uh, that presence of that blocking high pressure is uh, kind of forcing any colder air south all the way from the Canadian prairies, you know, south through the Midwest and into the Delta. Uh, so there's uh, a, a big-time continual source of colder air that just doesn't want to leave. And uh, on the other hand, then, in those drier areas of the southwestern plains, there's not really any chance for the, uh, the jet stream track to slow down enough to uh, draw in any moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico to help their dry pattern. Uh, so uh, we're, we're just uh, kind of repeating a uh, weather scenario every few days uh, for much of the country, and it just... Uh, like I say, uh, you know, we'll cycle through on these conditions uh, time and time again for the next couple weeks at least. Yeah, both areas seem to be stuck. Where it's wet and cold, wanting to some drier, warmer weather, we're stuck in that wet-cold pattern. And for those in the dry, warmer areas, they'd like some relief, and they're stuck in their pattern. Yes, they are. And, and uh, you know, right now there are red flag uh, wildfire warnings in effect in the southwestern plains. Uh, but not too uh, far away from, you know, that real dry area and very warm, I should say. In central Oklahoma, there are freeze warnings in effect for the next couple days or overnight tonight into Tuesday. Uh, that could really damage uh, wheat in that part of the country because uh, we know that uh, wheat has started to move out of dormancy uh, into uh, the, you know, more of the vulnerable uh, heading stages and so forth in that section of the southern plains so you have that going on as well and as far as uh, this uh, this uh, field work scenario for the midwest uh, it's it's just a tough uh, a, a tough run uh, there's no doubt about it i know there's been a little bit of uh, corn planted in parts of illinois central illinois uh, week before last because it was so mild but in general uh, we're looking at a uh, scenario where i think we're going to not uh, get uh, a real a real good uh, round of, of uh, field work and planting done until we get well into that uh, mid to latter portion of May uh, because it's going to take a while for things to get better, for ground to uh, dry out, for soils to warm up. Uh, one, th one feature with this colder trend has been that uh, there's quite a bit of uh, wet snow that we saw and uh, also a fair amount of rain, so uh, the ground is certainly saturated, good for soil moisture, but it really does keep uh, things held up on field work. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Yeah, we at some point uh, down the line, we'll probably be thankful we have the, this moisture reserve, but it sure is tough now trying to to get started. It was interesting watching Twitter over the weekend, Bryce, the, the various snowfall amounts around the country. Yeah, uh, there were anywhere from uh, four to uh, eight-inch uh, snowfall, um, you know, snowfall totals that uh, people were were putting up with. And uh, the the feature for this type of year, uh, for this time of year when the snowfall happens, is that uh, the snow is pretty wet. So along with the uh, with the snow itself, uh, there's a lot of moisture in there, and I think that it was. Uh, uh, quite stressful on livestock in the northern plains uh, you know whether you're talking about cow herds or whether you're talking about cattle in feedlots because uh, with that uh, that very wet snow you compound it with the colder air and then very strong winds uh, there's uh, you know there's a lot of chilling that can be done very quickly uh, on livestock uh, during that scenario one thing uh, Mike this week uh, that's going to go on is that we are likely to see an, another round of uh, heavy snowfall, six inches plus, in the northern plains and in the uh, northern Midwest, and that's going to be accompanied by very strong winds. So it wouldn't surprise me that blizzard warnings develop, uh, blizzard conditions develop, at least for a period of time here over the next uh, 48 hours in places like northern Iowa, Minnesota, even uh, the eastern Dakotas. So that's uh, going to be another feature that is uh, 
going to uh, complicate things, so the way things are shaping up. Yeah, there's been a lot of wind this uh, spring, that's for sure. All right, you, I think you talked about what this reminds us of 2011, the start we got that year. Uh, and tell us, you talked about that leading to some dry weather later on. What, what's your long-range forecast for this year? Well, uh, looking at the at the summertime, uh, Mike, our thoughts are that uh, that conditions are are going to uh, be on on track to uh, give us uh, a pretty good shot at trend line yields uh, for crops because uh, the Pacific uh, conditions are not likely to stay in these uh, cooler La Nina temperature trends uh, throughout the entire growing season and. Uh, when the uh, you know when the season is over with, I think that we will likely have uh, temperatures that are normal to above normal over uh, much of the Midwest, maybe a little bit more on a normal track in the northern plains. And um, the soil moisture, I think, is going to be sufficient enough to allow us to achieve trend line yields. The big the biggest area of concern is the southwestern plains. That part of the country, I think, is going to stay pretty much on the dry side all the way through the growing season, and that's where things are going to be the toughest. And uh, with that uh, type of impact, I think that it is going to be a real challenge for production to uh, meet or surpass trend line. I think trend line is possible, but being able to uh, get over trend like we did last year, I think, is uh, going to be a pretty tall order. Real quick, what's happening in South America? Well, in South America, Argentina has finally gotten some rain. Uh, it's uh, too late to really do much help for their soybean crop. Uh, it'll maybe uh, give some moisture for their uh, winter wheat crop, you know, to plant that. And then in Brazil, they uh, continue to see just, uh, you know, periodic shots of rain for their second crop corn that uh, is uh, moving into the uh, tasseling phase now and uh, pollination. So they are still uh, having a very good run of it uh, for soil moisture. And at this point, it does not appear that there's been a whole lot of real problems with finishing the soybean harvest, even with rainfall that's happened. So I think that Brazil is uh, still having a very good crop year. Argentina had too little too late when it comes to the rainfall, and we know the kind of damage that they've had to their crops already from a very dry season this year. All right, Bryce, as always, thank you for the, uh, for the information. We appreciate it. You're welcome, Mike. Good to talk to you. Take care. DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, coming up next, Joe Corneli with the Ohio Farm Bureau joins us. Farmers in northwest Ohio could be facing enforceable limits on fertilizer use. According to their state EPA, waters of the western Lake Erie are impaired by definition of the Clean Water Act. We'll get the very latest on that coming up next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosoro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosoro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Corn and soybean futures rising as we begin this trading week as traders follow through on buying from last week's planting intentions report. That report showing that farmers are on track to plant less corn and soybeans than expected. USDA putting soybean plantings at a total of 89 million acres, corn at 88 Meanwhile, USDA saying in a separate report that stockpiles of corn and soybeans rose to record levels in the early months of 2018. Weather-wise, cold or very cold temperatures and wet fields will...
keep Springfield work very slow, if not at all, this week in the Midwest in the Delta saturated soils, especially after heavy rains later last week, disrupting early corn planting. Corn futures an hour into the trading day, a fraction to a penny and a fraction higher. May up a penny and a quarter at 389. That contract closed above its 10-day and 20-day moving averages on Thursday ahead of the long weekend. That's a short-term bullish trend signal. May soybeans move to a sharply firmer close on Thursday. An hour in on this Monday, we're one to three cents higher in soybeans. Two to two and a fraction lower in Minneapolis spring wheat, penny lower in Chicago wheat, three and a fraction higher in Kansas City wheat. For livestock at the Merck in Lean Hog Futures on this Monday, the June contract is down $2.30 at $74.25. USDA saying that inventories of hogs and pigs totaled 72.9 million head as of March 1st, 3% above last year and the highest for the quarter since records began. Live cattle futures, narrow mix, 35 cents on either side of steady, 30 to $1.10 lower in feeder cattle futures. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow down 108 points, S&P down 23. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Whenever farmers hear about limits on their fertilizer use, it gets their attention regardless of where it happens in the country. We're going to talk about it happening, possibly happening in the state of Ohio. Farmers in northwestern Ohio could be facing enforceable limits on fertilizer use. That follows an announcement by the state's EPA that waters of western Lake Erie are impaired, according to definition by the Clean Water Act. A lot going on with this story. We're joined now by Joe Corneli, Senior Director of Corporate Communications for the Ohio Farm Bureau. Joe, good to talk with you. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Congratulations on the new gig, Mike. Thanks a lot, Joe. Well, okay, so you got your state EPA making their impairment declaration, but a lot of other activity going on around this as well. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was uh, about two weeks ago. It was probably the busiest water week since the, the crisis in Toledo back in 2014. Uh, I'll just give you the, the, the quick rundown of, of four major uh, activities that took place within about five- or six-day period. Ohio Farm Bureau, uh, our Extension Service, and a variety of other groups, we, we announced a, a program to increase the number of farmers that have nutrient management plans. Uh, we've been doing research now for a number of years, and one of the early conclusions is that if farmers can can test their soils and then manage to what those tests tell them, they're going to be able to make money and help clean up the lake. So we're going to expand the number of farmers that have those nutrient management plans. Uh, a second item, a couple of legislators introduced a clean lake project. Uh, it's not in legislative form yet, but probably will be. We kind of like it. It, uh, it includes uh, public funding to the tune of about $100 million a year for five years uh, that will assist farmers in, in handling manure and, and uh, help cities uh, create green infrastructure and uh, some more things in there for farmers, including water and sediment control. And then a lot of money in that, too, would go to our local soil and water conservation districts to expand the good work they're doing. That was on the good front. Uh, in the middle ground was EPA's announcement. We saw this coming, that they intended to declare the open waters of Lake Erie as impaired. And 
our our reaction was well not really that big of a deal uh, it doesn't bring money to solve the problem uh, it doesn't put any mandates on farmers here in the short term uh, what it does do is cause confusion we're afraid the public will think this is the silver bullet and and algal blooms are going to go away now the other confusing part is we now have to wait five, six years before there's an action plan that's implemented. Well, what do we do in the meantime? Do we stick with the improvements we've been making? Do we wait to see where the bar is set years down the road? So it, it, it's confusing. And then the biggest news, and you, you led with this as a good reporter would, uh, OEPA calls it their common sense regulations, and I emphasize that's their name, not ours. But it greatly expands the state's regulatory authority over farmers, including uh, defining fertilizers as an agricultural pollutant. And uh, we've got serious concerns about that, that proposal. It's not in legislative form yet, but might be coming. What do you hear from your state EPA, Joe, as far as what they think of these uh, nutrient management plans that you talked about that are in place and you're expanding, do they not feel that's going to do the job? Well, we have been uh, trying to convey that message, and and frankly, prior to this flurry of announcements a couple of weeks ago, uh, they've pretty well agreed. Uh, the narrative here, Mike, is that everything we do in Ohio is voluntary, and that could not be further from the truth. I think our farmers are probably as regulated as most, if not all, of, of farmers in other states. We've got five different regulatory regimes in place that farmers have to comply with, a couple of pieces of new legislation. So that existing regulation, which, by the way, hasn't had time to prove itself, it's a couple years old, that, that regulatory uh, overreach and then the voluntary practices that farmers are employing EPA seemed to agree that that was the best route to go but then out of the blue comes this proposal to uh, to greatly expand their authority we're talking with Joe Corneli senior director of corporate communications for the Ohio Farm Bureau Joe it sounds like uh, and this is always a fear in agriculture that basically government comes in and starts slapping regulations or penalties but offers no help for a solution is is that what your farmers are facing there well it's what we've been saying for quite some time uh, I mentioned that clean lake plan uh, that would would help help with that challenge uh, we created an initiative in Ohio many many years ago called the the clean Ohio fund and it pays for a lot of the public policy that places demands on industry, on municipalities. And we think something similar would be appropriate in Ohio for uh, the costs that farmers would bear to comply with some new, some of these potential new regulations. Um, one of the big messages that we constantly are trying to drive home in Ohio, Mike, is that Productive farming and clean water need to be parallel goals. If we ignore one while addressing the other, we're going to end up, end up with unintended consequences. And as important as agriculture is in the state, uh, we don't think that's very good sound public policy. And for those listening in other parts of the country, should not think this is just an isolated case that doesn't impact them. Now, sure, you have a, a unique situation with Lake Erie there, but really this is the type of situation we're seeing play out in other parts of the country. Well, uh, Chesapeake Bay, does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. uh, the Des Moines Water uh, mm -hmm. Utility and its lawsuit against farmers in Iowa. Uh, and, and to be honest, Mike, we're here at Ohio Farm Bureau uh, one of the things that we're trying to accomplish is make sure that our many members across the state that aren't in the western Lake Erie Basin understand the significance of these things because the algal blooms in Lake Erie have put the spotlight on northwest Ohio, but uh, I'm sure your listeners know uh, we've got nitrogen challenges in the Gulf of Mexico, and, you know, we've got... Uh, 
probably three-quarters of our state that drains into the Ohio down the Mississippi. So trying to elevate it just even here in Ohio outside the, uh, the hot spot of northwest Ohio, uh, everybody needs to be thinking about it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's a huge issue for all of agriculture. Uh, and, Joe, uh, the, when we look at it, you talked about the time period of, of action on this, and then if it winds up in court, which a lot of times these things do, then that prolongs it even more and then leaves farmers kind of in the middle. What do we do, as you said earlier, what, what do we do? Do we, do we go ahead with the, the plans we're working on? Or if they're not going to be good enough, why do we do them? I, I just think seems like there would be a lot of questions in farmers' minds. Yeah, how do, you, how do you score the touchdown when you don't know where the goal line is going to yeah. be uh, and, and what the rules of the game are? You know, the catch rule changes every other play is what we're looking at, and, and then you pile it on top of one another. I mean, some of these proposals that OEPA has come out with are counter to the plan they just announced within the last year or two. So it gets pretty confusing. Uh, it's very frustrating, and the sad part is we are starting to see results from the regulations and the voluntary actions that we've been taking. It's starting to pay off. And now we're going to come along and say, oh, sorry, let's change the rules again. I'm not sure what we gain from that. Yeah, and that's what we keep hearing. You know, give us a chance. Let let the voluntary uh, plans work. Give them, Give them a chance. Let us show what we can do. Um, now, some would argue, should we have done it sooner? That's a different. That, you know, that's already come and gone. But here's what's happening now. And as you as you said, more farmers are, are trying to get involved and wanting to do this. So, what is your next step? Well, what are you going to do there in Ohio? Well, we've got a, a high level of confidence in our general assembly. Uh, they're they're pretty transparent. Uh, they are. They've proven to be pretty thoughtful. Uh, and as we've addressed agriculture and water issues in the front uh, in the past, they've been willing to look at the big picture to consider agriculture and water quality at the same time. And so we're we're hopeful that uh, if and the, and that's still not a certainty, but if there is this perceived need for more regulation, that. Uh, We'll be able to work, the farm community and Farm Bureau will be able to work with legislators and get something that uh, will work. Uh, we we need to, you know, far, I keep hearing and it gets frustrating that farmers hate regulations. Well, everybody hates regulations, but what farmers really dislike is a regulatory process that doesn't seem to have, uh, provides no certainty, provides no opportunity for input. It's like ready, fire, aim, and, uh, and, and farmers just can't manage their businesses uh, year to year, let alone generation to generation, when, when that uncertainty is there. So we'll be working with the lawmakers, and, and hopefully uh, they'll, they'll be the ones that show some real common sense. Yep. All right, Joe, thanks a lot. Pretty brave of a Browns fan to bring up a, a football analogy about scoring touchdowns. It, I, I tell you what, it's, it's a rarity. It's a rarity, but uh, wait till next year, baby. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Take care, Mike. All right. Joe Corneli with the Ohio Farm Bureau. Serious situation there in Ohio. We see it being, as we talked about, played out in other parts of the country. This is a huge challenge, a huge issue for agriculture right now and moving forward. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Steve Nicholson with uh, Robo Research. We're going to take a look back to last week's USDA acres and stocks numbers and get his reactions and thoughts. That's coming up next. Stay with us. It's AOA Adams on Agriculture. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. 
Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows. Two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code FARM11. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quantity and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. I live alone, so when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-981-2126. That's 800-981-2126. Call now at 800-981-2126 to get a free brochure. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. 
Welcome back. So we had the long Easter weekend for traders to digest those USDA numbers that came out on Thursday, of course, showing uh, for corn and beans, fewer acres than expected, but higher stocks. Let's get some uh, thoughts and analysis of those numbers from Steve Nicholson, Vice President, Robo Research, Food and Agribusiness, Grains and Oil Seeds. Steve, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Also, congratulations on your new show and wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, were you surprised at the numbers? Let's start with the acres. We we did, you know, all the speculation would we have more bean acres than corn? Yeah, we wound up that way, but both lower than what the uh, projections were. Uh, were you surprised at that? Um, not surprised with corn. I, I was not surprised to see corn, you know, below 89 million acres. Um, I think the big surprise for me was the bean number. I we we were looking here, you know, we we're going to be over 90, 91 million acres on on. Beans, particularly, and we we had called early on that we thought beans would be greater than corn, but to see that beans would lose as many acres as it did was a bit of a surprise to us as well. Um, you know, but you see cotton, you know, that big cotton number out there certainly looms large as far as probably where some soybean acres went. Um, but boy, it just uh, is really surprising. But I will say the other thing, you know, when you look at total principal crop acres of 300 and almost 318 million acres, you know, that's down. You know, a million and a, a million, 1.1 million acres from a year ago, 1.2 almost. You know, that that's what needs to happen. Um, is acres need to come out so that we can get these balance sheets back in a situation where prices can come back up. Steve, it's still early, but it seems later than the calendar says it is because of the weather. Uh, but obviously, a late planting could. Uh, shift even more acres into beans, right? I mean, we could see a, a, maybe a greater spread between the beans and corn? Oh, I, I think absolutely. I, I think it's very, very possible that we could see, you know, we've got two weeks, I actually was in Iowa over, over, you know, over the weekend, you know, and they're predicting, you know, in Iowa, you know, two weeks more of kind of cold, damp weather, and, and you're absolutely right. We could get to a situation where we come May 1st and we've got not a lot, lot of stuff done, um, and so you may see some corn get, you know, in really fast, and then we got to move the beans pretty fast. And so we could see some more bean acres before it's all. And I think well, that's the real possibility this year. And we know it can happen fast, but it, well, when you're sitting here early April and looking at snow on the ground, it's <laughs> it seems like a long ways away. We're talking with Steve Nicholson with uh, Robo Research. All right, your your thoughts on those uh, those higher stocks numbers. Yeah, it, that's not a big surprise. You know, it's not that the demand's not there. It's just that we just have continued to produce, you know, unbelievable crops, whether it's good weather, bad weather, or indifferent, you know, indifferent. And so that's just going to continue to weigh on prices going forward. And I think that's probably one thing that, that we've, we've talked a lot about with our clients is that, and we heard this last year, of course, well, why isn't the prices going up because it was dry? Well, it's because we have all these stocks. And as long as we have this stock cushion behind us, you know, it's going to be very difficult for prices to get to, you know, to, to wander a lot higher. I mean, you're going to have, have a pretty, uh, I'm going to say this, massive sort of supply shock to really get prices excited with these biggest stocks. I would have thought we have more hogs and more cattle. I would have thought we would have eaten into those stocks a little more. <laughs> Well, we, we are. We are eating into those, but also we're producing a lot more. I mean, look at corn last year just as a good example. You know, if, if I had told you midsummer that we would produce 176 bushels of corn on a national average, you know, you probably would have locked me up and said I was nuts. And then we come January and we get this huge corn crop. But we continue to produce w- well above what we need in demand. But you're right. We have a lot of, we have a lot of livestock numbers, and we're eating that up. Uh, but we're also producing for that as well. Back to the weather and potentially late planting in some parts of the country, uh, already a little late. I you know, talked recently yeah. with a farmer from western Kentucky. He said he was already a couple weeks behind where he'd normally at. But when we're talking about the, the big production areas, the three I states, if we start getting later there, when does the market, you think, start reacting to that? Well, it's a great question, and I think, you know, we saw a little bit of reaction to that, of course, after this report on the acreage numbers. I think when we get maybe to the end of April, and I'm going to say the last 10 to 15 days of April, and let's say we're in the same spot we are today, then I think the market will start to react to that. And I think that, you know, while Thursday or Thursday's market was an opportunity for producers, 
I think you get that same opportunity potentially if, if we're sitting here like we are today with snow on the ground and, you know, below freezing temperatures uh, come the last 10 or 15 days of April, the market will react accordingly to that and go, oh, my gosh, the sky's falling. It's just, but until then, I mean, it's just going to be hard for production concerns this yep. year to offset that stock's number weighing over the market then. Yeah, it's it's a huge number. And, you know, really the key, you know, and, and people said, well, futures, I said, but look at the basis numbers. And, you know, with basis being so wide across, you know, all, like you said, all the I states, you know, even the other parts of the country. I mean, there's a few basis numbers kind of just come up in the Southern Plains uh, because they need corn. But the fact is those basis numbers remain very wide in the country, which tells you there is plenty of supply to meet the demand that's out there. Then you look to South America on beans. Argentina's had problems with dry weather, but Brazil's had good weather. That's right. And, and I think that's the other piece. We've, we focus so much on Argentina. And we've got to keep in mind, too, that Argentina is a product exporter, not a raw bean exporter. And then you saw, and, and you could say that, you know, Argentina will just say for nice round numbers, lost 10 million metric tons of production. But the fact is that, you know, we started a lower number in Brazil, and now we're back up to the number we had last year. So there is, gonna, there is plenty of beans in the world. We had a big crop last year. They had a big, you know, Brazil had a big crop. And they're the, we're the two major exporters of raw beans in the world. Um, but I think if there is an opportunity on the bean side is that maybe we pick up a few more exports for oil and meal, uh, which will help both our you know, soybean demand here because you're going to see bigger crush numbers going forward. All right. I tell you what, we'll talk again towards the, the end of April <laughs> and see what okay. things look like then, okay? That will be great. That will be great. Hopefully it's, we're going to talk about planting rolling by then, let's hope. Okay. Well, Thanks, Steve. You know, that's right. Hopefully that's exactly what we're talking about. So, yes, have a good one. Thank you much, Mike. Okay. All right, Steve. Thanks. Steve Nicholson, Vice President, Robo Research uh, Food and agribusiness grains and oil seeds his perspective on uh, those numbers out last week from usda let's go wrap it up for today here on aoa coming up tomorrow reaction from the national pork producers council to chinese tariffs on u.s pork also an update on the farm bill we'll talk with the vice chairman of the house agriculture committee hope you'll join us right here on aoa adams on agriculture have a great day everyone The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosoro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosoro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network.